0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Beyond the Row, where we take a deeper look into Sunday morning sermons to spark what life beyond the road looks like for followers of Jesus. Well, good evening, afternoon, and morning to everybody out there. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. As always, we're so glad that uh, we have people writing in and talking to us, and just all this encouragement throughout the week has been great. I've been hearing more and more people say that they're listening to this podcast, and I mean, very, very humbling, very, very cool. I, I have know. heard nothing, so I, I guess I must be lame. <laughs> people
1: like, oh yeah, you said this on the podcast. I'm like, oh, you
0: listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah very All right. Cool. Apparently I'm lame. Well, what's, what's up, guys? Good. Nate and Abe, how are you this week?
2: Oh, uh, we're good.
0: <clears throat> Abe's leaving us. That's true. He's getting on a plane. He doesn't like us.
2: Well, you just gave away that we're not doing this on Wednesday. Nice work. That's
1: okay, but it's it on. Mean, <laughs> it's retroactively. Yeah, <laughs> it's retroactively right done? Now. Yeah. Like, We're living in the future.
2: Yeah, he's leaving us. I am. Leaving. Why are you leaving us? Uh, Z, my uh, wife to be. I didn't even mean to rhyme that, but there you go. Z, my wife to be. Um, she is heading off to Nationals in Texas, Austin, Texas, uh, University of Texas at Austin. Yeah. And uh, she's going to go throw some dingers there. So I am. Some dingers. Uh, so I'm pulling up. I'm pulling Just up to support her.
1: She's throwing the disc.
2: Yeah, discus. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, she's uh she's throwing discus there. Her
1: last event.
2: Yes,
0: she just had her last practice in BG ever today. Man, isn't that crazy? Yep. So how is disc different than the other sports that Shot throw bit. things?
1: Um. Well, so discus
2: it's just a different. Uh, Z, you'll never hear this. So if I don't do it justice, it's okay. But I'm
1: send it to her. It's
2: a it's a it's just like a different implement. They call them implements, like the uh, the objects that they're throwing.
1: What is the What is the event that you throw? Like it's like on it's like on a chain. Oh, that's uh. It's like, <clears throat>
2: <clears throat> that so indoor it is that's a morning glory, right? Indoor it's hammer, and oh. then outdoor mm-hmm. it's weight, or it might be vice versa. Oh, okay, See, I so didn't it's know that. it's hammer and weight. So there's an indoor version of it and an outdoor did she, version. Did she, of she it. ever do that? She tried to her first year. It hurt her, and oh, she okay. wasn't very good at it. Okay. Um, they wanted her to. She sure. didn't want to, but um, it didn't. Jeez it didn't like they wanted cuz she was good in other events so they wanted to cuz your team scores huh. based on how well you do in all yeah. events so they wanted her to do it and she just huh? yeah it wasn't I think for it's her.
1: cool. We have a division 1 girl in our church will soon to be in our church.
2: Yeah, yeah. kind of in, huh? in our
1: church.
0: Huh? Kind of in our church. of. she'll be here full time eventually. Yep. So if she does really really good at this um you know so, place. Technically
2: technically she could make USA championships. Um i don't she's kind of expressed even if she does she might not go oh wow um so we've talked about it being time to be able to be okay with moving on and stuff like that and not keep dragging it out so for sure is
0: this an olympic sport
2: uh yeah it is yeah yeah so technically she (laughs) she could she could she could uh potentially if she she could do it definitely probably do that and qualify and and at least make qualifying um it should, but it just would again. It would just prolong the time and and the effort, and she wouldn't be able to work, and like yeah. she'd have to. Her whole life would have to be that.
0: So I hear yeah. the I hear the Olympics are very very athletic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Very athletic. You well, you and your sports shoes. You should know about that. <laughs> I know, right? Nick yeah. Nick's an avid mm-hmm. sportster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, he is. I, I have a pair of Asics. You know, <laughs> if I put them on when I'm feeling frisky. <laughs> when he's yeah. going out for a morning jog, five a.m. Well,
1: that's why you're going. All right, yeah. yeah
0: cool well you will be missed and safe travels to you of course have fun thank you thank you let's get into the announcements and then we'll dive right back into the book of acts yeah
1: so just simple we're kind of moving on summer's here and uh we're getting ready for father's day (laughs) apparently i don't know my sundays very well i thought that was next week but nope um so it is the following week can i
0: just say that what's great about you doing announcements is that you can tell that you don't get to do them very often because oh, other sure. people do them because the congregation was telling you what the announcements I know, were. I not it
1: great? <laughs> They're like, no, it's in two weeks. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, well they was not prepared. I wasn't prepared at all, but um, uh, root beer floats. Yeah. For all the men. That's so cool. make sure you invite a guy for Father's Day. <clears throat> um on june 18th
0: Mm-hmm. yeah very very cool it's gonna
1: be fun yeah And so and i thought the next part is our student kickoff so i'll leave that up to abe
2: yeah buddy student kickoff 14th it's gonna be a good time uh it'll be just a lot of time a lot a lot of time for fun uh outdoor games we'll have some we'll have some cool stuff going on there and then uh we will also be having some food and some hanging out and it'll be just be a good time that's on the 14th yeah
1: Sure. The new seventh graders can come to that.
2: Yes, yeah, that would be okay. Yeah, I actually need to probably communicate that to our new new seventh graders.
1: <laughs> that would be good. That it would be good. Territory. <laughs> well, I did
2: tell them it was going to be it would be one or two events this summer, so I I didn't necessarily specify. Ah, uh, gotcha.
0: So. Yeah, We had a great graduation Sunday, too, for those that were here. If you missed it, you can watch online, uh, either 9 and 11 o'clock. The 11 o'clock service, we got to recognize the students that were moving up, Mm -hmm. and also the graduates, too. So, um, definitely, if you missed those, check them out. They're on our YouTube. Yep. All right. Let's get into it. The Book of Acts, Saul, Paul, all kinds of good stuff. Nate, take it away.
1: Yeah, so... um so this is really good. It's a, we're getting to the climax. Uh, I said it on Sunday of our series, because um, you think about this this story, this m- moment, um, catapulted into the rest of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's it is the reason we have the New Testament outside of the Gospels, um, primarily because of the ministry that Paul was doing in the known world at that point. So, um, to, so that that moment is a very important moment for us to spe- specifically talk at, about the church and things like that. So what I thought we would do today is kind of break it down into the three parts mm-hmm. and um, and then just kind of discuss it from that perspective of kind of how does that impact us today? What are we seeing? How are we living this out? Um, things like that. So to start with, like what was a takeaway um, for you guys personally Sunday before if I... Before we get into kind of the what we're talking about today, was there anything that kind of was a, a helpful moment, mm-hmm. a thought yeah. um, that you had?
0: This is kind of a minor thing, um, but I always thought that Paul started going by Paul instead of Saul because he was saved. Like, I thought that that was his defining moment where he's like, oh, yeah. no, I don't want to be called Saul no more. I want to be called Paul. I didn't realize that that was his Roman name. Mm-hmm. So that's I a minor else. thing, but yeah, I did kind learn of that. Fun though, isn't it? I almost made a comment. I'm going to hold it
1: back. <laughs>
2: what? Well, we're just in this month, and, you know, Paul was struggling with his identity a little bit, I guess. <laughs>
1: yes. That was a joke. That was a
2: joke, <laughs> if Paul's hearing this.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Woo. Joke, all jokes. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely didn't struggle moving forward, especially when he came into contact
2: with jesus but yeah that is interesting Mm -hmm. yeah um i think that it was really good to note that that uh paul like he didn't have training Mm -hmm. it was pretty funny i mean i guess we could argue like paul i mean he was he was a torah scholar but like as far as um training in evangelism and preaching about jesus like he had probably the least amount of training of anybody and he had the least amount of exposure. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, oh yeah, so the the, only,
1: now he was extremely well versed yeah. with the Hebrew scriptures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he Old was Testament. a Pharisee, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he would have known it in and out. Yeah, really
2: well versed yeah. in that sense, and that's, that's actually a cool note too, because you know, scripture scripture that talks about them utilizing the old testament to actually share jesus which is cool yeah and I, i'm assuming that's probably what paul was doing as well but i think sure. it's interesting to note that like i noted that he he just told people how he was one way at one moment and how he was another way in the next and yeah. jesus he, took him from death to life and yeah. that was that like was that. it yeah that was it I, was t- I took from death to life. You're right. I was totally this way, and now I'm totally this way. And the only reason that is is because I had a face-to-face interaction with Jesus, yeah. and it just smoked me. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that's a good part, like, to kind of make a little transition from, like, Sunday. Um, I'm trying to remember if I hit it in one service more than the other uh, because I was trying to play with time management. But the um, – I, I think – when we bring up the frank morrison like his his book um i forget what it's called it's over there uh who moved the stone and i i think the idea is i really do believe in my heart that there's just many people that just like i don't i don't care mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to know mm-hmm. i don't i you know what i'm just going to be happy believing the way i believe um, okay, fine. But if you are out, and there and there's many who are out to get Christianity, um, which is funny because you're not out to get uh, Islam. You're not out to get Judaism. You're not out to get these other philosophies and ideologies, you know, Eastern mysticism and all kinds of things like that. Um, why is it always Christianity? I'm always fascinated by that, which in my opinion is more clarification that, okay, Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, the enemy is out to get the one thing that he knows is true. And he's trying to destroy it. Yeah. Right? I mean, to me, I think that's just common sense. I know to the world it's not common sense. But um, but when you get to the part of saying, okay, Saul of Tarsus, how does a guy go from like literally hating people to not, not hating people, but being for them. Mm-hmm. The, the people he hated is now for them. Yeah. And he's trying to convince the ones that he was with previously to yeah. join him now.
0: To save the ones he was trying to kill yeah. two, two days
2: ago. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, like Crips and Bloods. Oh, for sure. Like seriously. Like if you put it in a real life scenario, like our time, like it's like it would literally be like – I'm not a gang. I'm not a gang expert at all, but yeah. I know that they hate each other. <laughs> like there's no, yeah. there is no, there's no intermingling. Yeah, right. So it's like it'd almost be like, yeah, I'm a Crip one day, and like I'm fighting you, and I'm like doing drive bys and yeah. like hating
0: you, yeah. and then the next day. Well, not just that, but it's just like, it's what you're grown up into. Yeah. It's like what you have grown up This all knowing. you live. It's bred into you. Yeah. It's yeah. around you. It's your family. It's, yeah, it's your all loved that. ones. It's everything you've ever done. Yeah. It's your yeah. education. It's everything. Like you put all your
2: effort into being that way. Who yeah. you are. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. a radical moment, and yeah. you are totally the opposite. Which <laughs> is
1: funny to me because, like, I mean, that still happens today. I mean, you see people, they go from being pro-choice to pro-life. You are, or, you know, I'm not trying to make this political but the idea is you you go from uh say being a democrat to republican i mean in our culture i mean that's that's a pretty huge it's not huge like shift. what it was say 50 years ago yeah. even 20 years ago but now it's like this is like a complete mind shift polarizing yeah, yeah. completely polarizing or you go from um One school to the next, you know, like I was so for Lexington. I hate Lexington now, it's all about Ontario because I, but I used to hate Ontario. No, I'm just being silly, but it's like thinking along those lines. Now, here's what I think is so fascinating when people say, Oh, well, that was made up. So, what if that was made up? Then, why are you so dead set against it? If man, if this was a man made written document or documents. That we comprised and called the Bible. If this was man-made, um, why do you hate it so much? You know, and, and not only that, then at the same time, like you can say, oh yeah, I really like that. I think that's good. I mean, the, e- even if you don't like it or not, you don't want, you don't want people to be murdered. Mm-hmm. But that that concept came from a Judeo-Christian view that's where that come from. It didn't come from any other religion in the world. It came from a Judeo-Christian background. Well, okay, I-, I can tolerate that, you know, or honor your mom and dad, or don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, you know, all of those mentalities, all those ideologies, when it comes from those perspectives, the Ten Commandments in and of itself, that's a Judeo-Christian world view. It's not in any other religion of the world. Um... So you can tolerate some things, but then you're like, oh no no no, you know, because that was a man-made thing, and so that's where I struggle with. If you, <laughs> if Saul of Tarsus is a difficult story for you to uh, grasp or uh, understand, like how could somebody go from one point to the another, and you say, oh no, that that was a story that's made that's made up. Well, <laughs> the way it was written would imply. That it was an anti-human because you don't just go killing people one moment and seriously in the next moment you're not only saying were you absolutely wrong but now that you're you're trying to um, uh, convert. Mm-hmm. The ones that you had just been with, as Nick was just saying, for your entire life, Mm -hmm. your family. Oh, yeah. The ones you go to school with, the ones you work with, you're trying to convert all of them now, and now they're trying to kill you.
0: Your job, your occupation, even like, it'd be like someone that was like 20th generation Catholic, all of a sudden converting to Christianity. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: This this is why this is such a
2: fascinating story. Wait a second, Nick.
0: Did you just claim
2: that Catholics aren't Christians?
0: That's not what I meant. <laughs> you know what I meant. I meant just like leaving your church, Dude, leaving I'm your upbringing, the backlash of your family. I'm yeah, yeah, fill it in the, the blank with any religion. Just, yeah, yeah you can do any terrible. denomination. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For yeah. some reason Catholics Just because you grew mind. up in a church, well, Catholics, you know, that's kind <laughs> of where Protestant. we all come from the background, right? We all yeah. come from the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. And I'll, I'll phrase that, not all of us, but most of us in our culture do. Because there was an Armeni- Armenian culture, mm-hmm. there was an Eastern Orthodox <laughs> culture that all kind of exploded around the same time. The yeah. Reformers. Yeah. So, I mean, this was all the way back into the 3rd and 4th century. So, like, there was an Armenian culture, so the Catholic Church wasn't the only one mm-hmm. um, that had birthed out of the first 300 years. Um, and then from the Catholic Church, like in the beginning, was the they kind of split up because of power and... Um, uh, there was more to it, than, but the Eastern Orthodox Church is almost just as old as the Catholic Church. Mm. And now they had two popes in two different cities. So what do we do? Who's got the power? And mm. one's like, no, we're, we're the right ones, and you're yeah, the wrong arm ones. Arm wrestle it out.
0: Yeah, that's really <laughs> what it
1: was. And so it was yeah. either in Constantinople or you were in Rome. And so then from that became two. Mm. it's fascinating. History it is, is fascinating is to funny. me. But um, uh, again, so I, I – the point of the story of Saul and why we need to talk about that is really the three points that I kind of shared with you, right? Um, but ultimately, it shows a picture of who we are. So, the first picture is uh, part one is that God is trying to get the attention of Saul. Obviously, he did it in such a way <laughs> that you can't deny that God's trying to get your attention. You got this vision. Um, a voice from heaven is talking to you. It's super bright. Apparently, uh, it had such an impact that it knocked all of them off. I'm guessing they were on horses, and so uh, maybe some were. No, I bet they, mm-hmm. or they were, or just they were all were walking. So regardless, they all fell down, and then now they're the guys are hearing something, but Paul is seeing something and hearing something, right? Yeah. So. I proposed a question at the end of that, and that's what I would like to have you guys discuss and talk about, um, because I have some thoughts as well, but um, what did God do, maybe there was multiple things, like what did God do to try to get your attention,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and maybe even the question is this, is what is, he, what is he still trying to do to get your attention about maybe something else? Um, if you sit back and think about it, <clears throat> was there a time in your life, man, that he was he was using things, using people, using experiences to get your attention? Do you have any of those kinds of moments? Where you, do you remember? Can you think about that? What was that?
0: So for me, mine was just, um, so I was raised in the church, okay? Not that my parents attended weekly, but my grandparents did. And in that, being brought to church and the exposure, I've always, I've always, I've always believed, you know, it was kind of never really an option that there wasn't a God until I got into youth and youth of age and teenage, and then I started to drift and question things and and stuff like that. So I think what, because I was raised in the church, um, for me, all of my moments, um, all of my bringing back and all of the questioning that I had was all, God would put people in my life to answer those questions for me at the right time. Um, So when I think back, like, I think the person that influenced me the most uh, was Scott Compton, and he was my youth leader, because every question that I had, he wasn't afraid of my questions, when other people, they would be afraid of the questions. They would be like, oh, well, we just don't ask that. (laughs) You, you you know, but Scott Compton, that man would wrestle with anything and everything, and he and he wasn't fearful, and so I gravitated towards that in 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 my questioning phase, and then when I got out of youth, there was nothing for the college age kids to do, and so I drifted naturally. I went away from the church. I used that as my time to, you know, um, kind of seek things out on my own, and it was right around that time that I remember Dale Groover would start to talk to my life and um in that moment of time i would be like i would say things like i didn't believe in hell or whatever else and dale would always be a very firm foundation very first church of god you know very very Um, very conservative man, and uh, he would bring me back, sort of a thing, you know, so when I was feeling, when I was having questions, I was given someone to answer the questions, when I was feeling more liberal and free-minded, maybe, I was given someone that was strong and rooted in faith, it was conservative, and then, you know, things, things came to pass, and um, it's just like God just always, if I, if I was wrestling with something, he gave me a person that was not the answer I was looking for, but someone that was capable of making me think differently, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Like shaping your... Yeah. Shaping your thinking mm-hmm. or understanding. Like an influence. For mm. sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I mean, when Avenue became Avenue, um, I didn't know what I was doing. And I would definitely say that you were a person in my life too, Nate, that um, gave, made, made me think about things differently in the way that... Um, Church was more than just a place, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, because that that was something that I wasn't taught. Yeah, you know, I was uh, church. Church was church, and yeah. I knew a lot of Christians that the other six days of the week they they could look however they wanted to look. Yeah, you, you know, but you but, but but you changed that in my mind for me. Good. So,
1: well, that encourages me. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, uh, That's awesome. What about
0: um,
2: you? Um, I would say for me, like being here has been something that that god i think was slowly drawing me to well maybe not slowly. maybe i was slow but um like i i had so many moments in my time leading up to calling you and having a conversation and then having that whole ball just roll um i i just remember specifically almost like i don't want to say running but just just like no, I don't want to do that. It's just not for me. And and just like no, nah, I'm okay. And and I remember having so many people speak into my life and say, "Man, I think you'd be so good at that." Or or mm. I think like you should do that. Like that is so your vibe. And I mean, they didn't use those words, but um, you know, like or yeah, you should definitely do this. Or I'd have opportunities come up, and I would just, I you know, I'd give it a, maybe a half effort, look into it, you know, not super interested um and then yeah i was just like i was over it and then uh, before i came here i was like i was like yeah i'm i'm good i'm i'm good on this i'm gonna commit to working at chick-fil-a and call today day and i'm good to go and and then our mutual friend landry gives me a call and that was like the nail in the coffin for god i think he was just was like dude ender. he's like dude you can keep closing the doors i'm opening but you need to stink and do this and so then i called you and there it was pretty much and uh, the rest is history but yeah. there were a lot of details in there but really i'd say for like getting my attention god just used a ton of people to mm-hmm. to talk about like almost almost um, i don't want to say affirming but like almost pulling me out of the mud yeah. on it you know saying like hey these are these are good things like you should consider this or you should pursue this or yeah. you know things like that and then i I was just always just like, oh, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> and Yeah. No, that's a good. I, I, I think there's different things for or, or different. Uh, I think God shows us the things that he needs us to see when he needs us to see them. Right. And he uses things, situations and people like to, to come to know Jesus. Um, I, I think he was using people and events. Um, I, uh, like uh, he used my best friend when I was in sixth grade. It's funny. I'll never forget this, even though I didn't become a Christian, and we didn't go to church. Um, uh, but he came back from church camp. Mm-hmm. And hyped. He, huh? He was hyped. He was hyped, man. Yep. And he was telling me that he didn't want me, his best friend, to go to hell. So he asked if I would accept Jesus into my heart that day.
2: What a legend. <laughs> Will you
1: just do this?
2: <laughs> Dude, I actually did something really similar to that, probably as, as a, I was a little older.
1: But Yeah. I... I I'll never forget that, though. I was in sixth grade, and I remember where we were at. We were on my front porch when we did it because he rode his bike over to my house. Bro, was Jehovah's Witnessing, dude. <laughs> rode his bike over to his house. And I tell him every every chance I see him or whatnot, I, I always say, thanks, man. You know, because he didn't give up on me. He was a part of that group, even though he wasn't up in that picture. Um, but he was a part of that group. Um he, uh, I mean, so that was beneficial. His parents were beneficial too. I mean, they were living out their faith. Um, there was, um, um, my dad started going to church when I was in eighth grade. Back to his, and it's an old country Methodist church. I mean, it was just ugh, oh, old was killer, yeah. Um, but the people were lovely. But um, it, it was, but again, I didn't equate it to God. I just thought church is boring. Mm um because again i didn't understand their perspective i didn't grow up in church so i didn't know any different i just knew this was awful and there's no young people you know so um it's what we had to do every sunday and um so but i'll even say though but that was a benefactor of god trying to get a hold of my heart and he was using my dad to do it Mm. and that old church to do it and so at the baptism that was i got baptized um uh, under the pastor and leader of the church that my dad was going to, even though I was going to another church at that time, because they had an influence in my life. And so um, uh, I think that was so cool. And so again, those friends I had in my life, but what what got me was then my friend committed suicide, and he was a close friend. and We weren't best friends, but we were close friends because um, it was marching band. He was our drum major. Um, I mean, that's difficult um uh his he had a tw- identical twin brother I mean it got me to asking a lot of questions I was a sophomore in high school when this te- took place and so then a youth for Christ happened so another leader got into my life you know mm-hmm. just because of an event the youth for Christ leader there um which got me connected to the youth pastor which got me connected to Jesus I mean like it's it's amazing all of the things that, that God does when you begin to look at it um uh putting into your perspective and um I I, I just uh I, I sit here and think about like when I walked away from the church, um it was it was Liz. Liz helped me to see the beauty of the church even mm-hmm. as messy as she can be. Um or he even um hypocritical it can be. Yeah. Um, And then Mark (laughs) Shainer, who was my mentor, helped me understand that you can't love Jesus and hate his bride. I mean, there's all these things that God has put in my way along the way to say, hey, I need you to pay attention. Mm -hmm. You're missing it, you know,
0: and... if you think about all the sinful qualities that any one person can have, it is possible for the church to have those qualities, too, because the church is run by those same people. Yeah. You know? So that's why it's so it's so important for all of us to use all the gifts that we've been given to, to, to edify the body of Christ. Yeah. You, you know, that's what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, so which gets me to part two. Right, so part two was now Ananias's instance. Obviously, not the same one because the other one's dead. (laughs) So
2: I always find it hilarious in Scripture how there's multiple of the same names, and Mm -hmm. you're like, "Wait a second! Didn't I just read? This brother John is this again? This brother's dead."
0: (laughs)
1: And I even like the details. Go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas.
0: What a time to be alive! When uh, <laughs> you can name a street whatever you want, it's never been taken before. Let's name this one Straight Street. Yeah, that's true. Can... Hey, this street's not as curvy as the others. <laughs> this one's Straight
2: Street.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, Ananias is having this opportunity. God is showing him what he wants him to do, um, and Ananias does it. And so, um,
2: not what not without a little protest, though.
1: Yeah, so that's
2: fascinating.
1: And, and my, um, you know, what are the things that again for me it was, it was, uh, Michael dying. But so do you have, do you have that person in your life mm-hmm. or persons that, um, I don't know, that were, that was a, you know, instrumental in you coming to know Jesus mm-hmm. or, Or (coughs) instrumental in you really growing in your faith or taking your faith to the next step. Maybe you're already Christian, but man, this person really helped me to see Jesus. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, for me, I... (coughs) Excuse me. Scott Compton was the first person that, you know, when I really gave my life to Christ, it was because of Scott. But it was Dale that molded me At least into seeing the goodness and worshiping God. Yeah. You know, but then yeah, I include you in that list, Nate. I think you. I think you took the love that Scott gave me and the knowledge that Dale gave me, and you are are helping me put it into practice in my life. So that's cool. It's you three guys.
1: Can I ask what was the what was the aha moment for you when you gave your life to Jesus under Scott? What was that? Do or do you do you remember?
0: Gosh, it was a series of things. It okay. it wasn't one big defining my life has changed moment. Because even when I finally said, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I know what it means now. I'm going to go for it," even then I still had a thousand hiccups along the way, and still do. Yeah. Um, but it was basically that you know when I when I was when I was a, an impressionable teenager um, in in high school, I was very unpopular. Um, I had a stutter growing up. I had a horrible acne. I lost all my friends. I could never get a girl's attention. I had nobody except for my youth group. And then I had nobody who was loving me unconditionally except for Scott Compton is what it felt like. Of Mm -hmm. course, my family was always there. For sure. Family's supposed to. But for an outside person that's not blood, that's something special. Yeah. And it was just that, you know, if this guy can love me when nobody else does... And he tells me that there's a guy named Jesus that loves me even more than that was it. It was that I was accepted, that I was loved, no matter what the world thought, is that I always had Christ to fall on. So a lot of things led to that, but that was it.
1: That's really cool, man. Um, Did you, um, I'm just curious, uh, because you did grow up in the church, like did Do you remember how old you were when you, quote, unquote, became a Christian? You know, I feel like people always have that. It was
0: some VBS. Yeah, it was really young. I could remember, actually, in this church, when I was about Emma's age, probably 10 or 11, um, it was some evening dinner that we had, and Larry Collins, Pastor Larry, was there, and he had this little tiny fake fiddle that he would just... Were you just, just telling me about that? Uh, yeah, day? I know. And we were upstairs in the triple room of this building directly above us, and he was kind of goofing off, and he was being really silly and making people laugh with this fake violin. I went up to him, and I said, well, someday I want to be a pastor because you get to make people feel good or something like that. And he goes, well, that's a part of it. But I remember that. Huh. I remember that. And it that was Larry cool Collins, actually. yeah, uh, upstairs in the that room. But I remember giving my life, um, uh, it was at a VBS... And it was upstairs in our what we call our chapel now, but it was that room. And um, I was really confused at first because they were taking donations or like an offering. I now know it's an offering um, to give to a country called Haiti. Well, I didn't know there was a country called Haiti. The only thing I could think of was that Hercules movie, Hades, and I thought it was hell. So I'm like, why are we giving money to hell? Like, I was really confused by that at a young age. (laughs) I was confused. And I was just like, I don't, this sounds really weird. Like, I don't want to give money to hell. And then, but somebody said, no, no, it's a country in Haiti. There's a place called Haiti, not Hades. And um, but all those things. But it was around that same time. It was somewhere in between 9 and 11, um, but ever since then, you know.
2: That's actually pretty sweet, though. My mom's a huge proponent on the, the date-time place. I know. I, my mom will, like, tell you to a T, and she's like, if you don't know that, I don't think you're a Christian. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, man. My mom's like, if you can't remember, I don't think you're a
1: Christian. <laughs> All right, so, Abe, it's your turn then. So, like,
2: oh, who
0: helped
1: you kind of know? I mean, so when was your date-time daytime? <laughs> Seconds. my mom would say about a christian because okay? <laughs> uh, i'm just kidding she,
2: she she she's hilarious i wouldn't say she'd probably say that but she might infer it um no so i would say like the time when i was like oh i accepted jesus there were a couple moments in my life age four uh i remember i remember in my living room with my mom and dad and i remember praying and and I remember that was what that was. Uh, and, and that's probably every young kid's, you know, kind of idea of, of when that happened. Um, but I remember age 10. Uh, I don't really know the events leading up to it, but I do know that there was a distinct moment. Uh, I guess to answer first who helped me come to know Jesus, it was at that time, it was definitely my mom. And it was, it was definitely uh, Pastor Melton, who was, mm-hmm. our, who was our pastor of our church growing up, the founding pastor of Maranatha. And uh, who's gonna be marrying me and Z? Um, but like, it was, it was something. I don't know if I heard something or if something just really clicked for me that I that I wanted to like make sure. And like, my mom could tell you about this too. But I mean, I was frantic. Um, I was in my room and I was like, "Mom, like, I don't want to go to hell." And I like, and and I love Jesus for what He did for me. And, like, I just remember that moment. I was in my bed. I could tell you what the room looked like. Like, it was just there. And that was the moment when I think I really clicked, when I really was like, <clears throat> I understand what it is, you know, I'm, I'm in need of. Um, and then from there, like, I think that I believed – like, I think it was genuine. I think my belief was genuine uh, at that age. But then from there, I think it, it started to grow, and I be, I was molded by multiple people. Um, mm-hmm. I started continuing to be molded by Pastor Melton, but our church structure at that time was very much Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night structure, the older church model. Um, so so that was good for what it was. Um, but then my, my youth pastor, Dustin, growing up, well, I actually had a couple of different ones, but yeah, Dustin growing up, and then... Uh, and so then I became like a, almost like an honorary leader really early in yeah. my years, like 15. Uh, we started becoming really outreach heavy when he came on board at Maranatha. And uh, so I like almost got kind of like thrown to the wolves on that. Yeah. And um, so so that was like a, a moment for me where I like was really challenged in my faith. You know, I had to kind of check myself on if it was real because he always challenged me on being prideful. And, like, mm-hmm. thinking I was better and, like, I was more religious than than these kids who who didn't grow up in church and stuff. Um, so that was a huge challenge for me. Yeah. And then from there, uh, I, he, um, we moved on from from that church. Tons of details there. But um, age 18, and then I started going to Living Hope. And that's when I got introduced to my current mentor, Scott Tinman, um, and Pastor Blair there, uh, lead pastor. And...
0: That was a perspective
2: shift. Yeah, and he's a Michigan fan. The worst. (laughs) Two worst things ever. Uh, I'm just kidding. I mean, not about the Michigan thing. um, Yeah, so then, like, but it's, like, multiple shifts of perspective for me over the years. So, like, Blair and Scott were a lot more structured, and it felt um, like the communication of things was way better. So I started to understand you know what it looks like to actually live out faith, and like what does it look like on a daily basis? And then becoming involved in student ministry there um, was an eye opener because as an as an adult leader, you learn too. It's not like you're you're just there to for do it sure. for them. So you yeah. learn too, and then that really helped me. And then just more conversations with Scott was super helpful. Yeah, um, and really instrumental in that area for me. So like so, just I just say there's been multiple kind of steps to make me grow and then yeah and when i landed here like you could ask z my growth has been exponential i think since i've been here as well so it's just been there's just been blocks of growth as i've been moving yeah um yeah that's on and so like just perspective has kind of shifted and grown and yeah that's how it's supposed to be always always
1: growing yeah Yeah. that's right we should never never get to the part of arriving i I mean for me I, i again i don't have an exact date and time don't tell my mom i won't but um (laughs) for me it was the in fact i don't even think scripture actually teaches that i think it's the idea of repent follow and um i mean he tells he tells the disciples follow me so when was the moment they became christian right the moment they
0: said yeah i'll follow you i mean okay wouldn't it be after he went back into heaven and the spirit came down? Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or the, when he breathed the Holy
1: Spirit into them, yeah. you know, <laughs> in the resurrection. Yeah, um, I, I think we're missing the point. The point is we're just we're just to turn from our lives and follow Him, right? That's right. the point. Confess that He's Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. Believe He died for my sins, rose again. Follow Him. So, um, so I would say, like in that beginning, when I had my friend committed suicide, even though I had a lot of things that God was doing in my life. Um, um, I think it was my Youth for youth for Christ leader at that point, Chris Nishler, you know. Um, I, I think, I, I don't really know what's happened to him recently. I know he went to be a lead pastor, and he really got into that, like, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, kind of church ministry where, oh, there, there's a phrase. New age? Uh, no, not new age, but it's... Um, Oh, seeker-sensitive. Oh, yeah. Super mm-hmm. sensitive. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they would do whatever they can to reach people for yeah, Jesus. Yeah, anything, uh, Cedar Creek says, anything short of sin. Anything short of sin. So, like, he, he got into that world, which is fine, you know, in the sense of, like, that was kind of a movement, you know, I think the Holy Spirit continues to move and teach us, and what does that look like? But then, it, then the church exploded, and then eventually just kind of shut its doors, at, b- because he walked away. Mm-hmm. And not from his faith, he just kind of walked away, but I, I'm not really sure what happened to him, but... Regardless, God used him in the season of my life to help me come to know him. And then yep. my youth pastor eventually, because of that season, I got connected to a youth group, which is where those friends were. Um, and James Machette was my youth pastor. and Machette. Machette. And uh, uh, not married, single guy. Um, so obviously he familiar. invested into a lot of the uh, like our <laughs> older students' lives. I was one of them. And it was great. I mean, that really helped me come to know Jesus as Lord Savior. And then, of course, since that time, I've had a lot of people um, that have invested in me and are still investing in me, which is important. Um, but that's the whole part. The, the Ananiases of the world are very important, mm-hmm. um, the ones who are helping us to come to know him and doing what it takes to, to do that. And then you'll write off into the sunset, and I'm sure he never—he's never he's never seen ananias again you know no. i could be wrong but probably not because he traveled so um which gets us to the, to the last part of the story of saul um man he started boldly proclaiming jesus mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why i love new christians it's like they're unfiltered they may not know everything obviously may not know a lot of things but all I know is is that they love jesus and uh, and they want people to know they love jesus um, i I guess I hmm. think this is where a lot of Christians though forget um, walk away and not from faith but kind of from <coughs> excuse me uh from like his boldness and uh their boldness and so um So I'm asking you guys, what do you think about yourselves? Like, I know this is a little vulnerable lesson, but this Mm -hmm. isn't about, like, your jobs or things. It's more about your walk with Jesus. Like, would you say that, I mean, are you preaching boldly? You know, what does that look like um, in our culture today? But are you living out your faith boldly today?
0: Yeah. I can think of I, I can think of times where I have I can think of times where I've been quiet, for sure. I think um, I think most recently, um, well, this whole situation with with my grandpa right now, that's in his he's in like hospice care sort of a thing, mm-hmm. where um, you know there's a whole relationship story there, but you know I kind of felt like God was wanting me to visit him. And as hard as that was for me to do, um, I ended up. Long story short, I ended up visiting him. Yeah, you know, and I ended up walking to his room and, you know, um, hey, it's me. And um, I told him I I wanted to pray with him. Yeah, uh, which would have taken, which prob, which the old Nick, that never would have happened. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Um, and even though he turned me away, I still did it. You know, I still had that moment where I feel like I was obedient. I prayed for boldness the whole drive up. I felt like I was bold. And that's probably the most vivid memory right now because it just happened like last week, you know. Um, But I can also think of times where, you know, I've heard people have side conversations, you know, and where I feel like I probably should have spoken up and and, and I didn't. You know, I've definitely been on both sides of the spectrums. And um, I think when we do fail, we can't dwell on that failure. We just have to make it a lesson and learn from it, and yeah. learn what not to do next time, sort of a thing. So, mm-hmm.
2: I would say, um, I would say yes. I mean, it clearly isn't like I'm walking into a grocery store and proclaiming repent and believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs> that would be wild. I mean, you could. I mean, I could. I've actually thought about that. Like when we when we keep talking about how they they just like there's a crowd and then they just say that almost like I'm thinking about me and one of these days I'm just gonna walk into a grocery store and just say that <laughs> I think that'd be wild but uh I would say like as far as living out like living out loud is a big thing for me you know like I never ever hide my faith like around friends you know that no I'm a Christian like like the other day I asked my friend hey are you okay with praying for our food with me um you know, and, and then we were talking about being a good person and I talked to him about what that, like, what does that look like? You know, what well, I believe in being a good person too, but there's purpose behind that. It's not just like, oh, I just do this. Um, and just things like that. Like I'm never, but I do need to improve on being a little bit more upfront because I'm okay with admitting that I have faith and that my faith guides my life. But I need to be a little bit more bold on on the urgency, you know, not just like putting nuggets in there. But sometimes I need to just give them the whole thing and not just and, – and I've really pushed Z to do this too. Um, it's not just loving them. Like we want to love them, but what does love look like? Mm-hmm. It's not just treating them good. Uh, it's just telling them the truth. Yeah. And so like I need to improve on the area of love because because loving somebody means that you value them. And if you value them, you ha- you've you got to tell them the truth. Yeah. Uh, so if you value somebody, you, you need them to know. Yeah, for sure. And so I've really worked on – you know, like, what does love look like? And our world would tell you that love looks like a totally different thing. But the truth is, is love looks like telling somebody the truth. And I've, that's an area where I don't think I'm not doing it, but yeah. it's soft.
1: Yeah, for it's sure. It's soft.
2: And so just looking for the opportunities and actually jumping on the opportunities to, to speak in that boldness.
1: Yeah, that's good. I I would say for me, too, that like I find myself being more bold with Christians Than anything, because I'm convinced most Christians, and this also, this um, let me just preface this. This probably does come out of kind of a bitterness. I don't, I don't. I feel like I've given this to the Lord, but uh, I'm sure it comes from this a little bit. Um, But I'm convinced that there's a lot of Christians that won't hear. Well done. They just won't. Um, and, and the reason is, is because for them, it's just hell insurance. Christianity, Jesus is just hell insurance. Fire insurance, baby. Yeah, that's that's right. what my dad's always saying. I'm going to confess my sin. You know, I'm going to tell Jesus that I need him. Thanks, God. I did that one time. I was baptized. And then the rest of the time, I just kind of try to be a nice person. Mm-hmm. I go to church when I can or I go consistent, whatever. And, and that's it. And I think, whoa, that's, that's Western Christianity. That's not biblical Christianity. And... And I think at times, I, I mean, I've heard Christians come to me and say, "Man, Nate, you know, you're always. It, it, it doesn't ever seem like. Um, I mean, I've had some say that it doesn't ever seem like that that we're good enough. Hmm. And you're getting it. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's true. You're not good <laughs> enough. Like this isn't about trying to be a nice person. This isn't trying. To, this isn't just being a church goer. This isn't a. um, I, um You know, I give what I can when I can. You know, um, I serve when I can. Okay, you're still missing it then. Mm -hmm. Following Jesus says that I put him in the center of my life and I'm not the center anymore. Therefore, yeah, yeah. The things that he requires of me is going to go against and it's going to be in conflict with the things I want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I think that that's (laughs) such a... a, a (laughs) That picture that you just painted right there that the things that he tells me to do are not things that I'm going to want to do is something that is not said enough in our world. Oh, yeah. Like, it is, oh, I I like Jesus, but also all this other stuff that I like, yeah, like, he doesn't interfere with those things. Yeah, for sure. Like, he doesn't transform my thinking or how I view things or what I do at all. Yeah. I like him, and I like the idea of him, but he does not influence anything about my life. Yeah. If he doesn't influence anything about your life, he is not your Lord, you do not love him, and you do not care about him. Yeah, And I will say that because the truth is, and I have lived that way. I have lived that way yeah. where I liked the idea of You're Jesus. You're out of experience. But I didn't love him. Yeah. Like I did cuz love is respect. You don't if you don't respect him, yeah. And you don't and you don't live out of obedience. I'm not saying you can't fail, mm-hmm. but it's your mindset, it's your character. If your character is yeah, like I don't really value what he wants me to think. Like, Z and I talk all the time, and he says, well, what do you think God would say about that? That's questions we ask each other all the time. If we just sat there and said, well, you know, I don't really think I care about what God says. Yeah. That's never something we say because what God says is what we do.
1: And we might fail, but it's not like we just disregard it. And you probably will fail, but that's the point of being with him is that he's the one he's directing us anyway. But your perspective Mm -hmm. is never – Oh, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. I
0: think that's why so many women seem like they get it sooner than men will. Mm-hmm. Because men compartmentalize everything. Yeah. This has a place, this has that's a place, true. this has a place. This thing never touches this thing. They never overlap. Where women, how they think and perceive things is, is so much more fluid and their brain is more like it comes a... comes together. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Or
1: my walk with Jesus is something I do on this day and this time mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. And I do this like because of this, yeah, right? And, and,
0: and men are able to be, I mean, men are able to live multiple lives at once. Yeah. And that's, and that's a fault of ours.
1: That's right. And I think this is why, uh, again, it goes back to me that I feel like God is, you know, it says that God has called Paul to the Gentiles. It, and, and it goes back to my mentor all the way back to when I was in college that I really feel like that God has called me to the church like not to, not to baby her, but to wake her up. And, and I know I offend people. And I don't, I'm not waking up every day. How can I offend somebody today? Like that's not my goal. Like I, in fact, it breaks my heart. And, and I mean, there are Sundays that I say, Liz, I just don't know if I can keep doing this anymore. Like I'm broken. And beca- but at the same time, I'm not doing this because I want to do this. I'm doing this because I want to be obedient to my Father in heaven, to glorify him, and to help others to walk in line with Jesus. And I know this is going to be difficult. But my good, I like that's why I get frustrated. Like I, there's people who go into ministry because they want to be popular or they want people to like him. It is not worth it. Like it is not worth it. it this is hard. I mean, you think about think about our jobs. And I know those listening, you know, this maybe this will you won't make won't make sense to you. But like I, my job is this. I'm trying to convince you to worship and follow a person you can't see, taste, touch, hear, or smell. Um, to believe that he died for our sins and rose again 2,000 years ago, live in faith knowing that what was written is true and trusting the testimony of these men who all were killed because of something they saw and experienced. Um, and oh, by one day, one day he's coming back. and He's coming back with a robe. He's going to come back as a fierce king on a, on a, on a horse <laughs> in the clouds with something written either on his leg or on his robe, mm-hmm. and that you're going to hear you're going to hear trumpets like. I with have, an army <laughs> with an army. I'm convincing you that all that's true, <laughs> and not only is that all true, um, but you are to live your life in according to what was written and said because all of that's true. Yep, it's exhausting.
2: It's yep. wild.
0: That's ministry. <laughs>
2: Galatians one ten, Paul says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. <laughs> yeah. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: If pleasing people and, were my goal, I would not be d- doing this. And, right,
1: and, I, and I hear what you're saying, and that's why I'm not patting ourselves on the back, myself no. on the back, because look what we're doing. I'm just saying it's the easiest way to live life is not to do what we're doing, mm. not to do what I'm doing. I would not want to do this because... It is so difficult to get Christians, and this is really funny to me, to get Christians to live this out. Mm-hmm. But Paul got it immediately. Now, yes, he didn't get it until Jesus got a hold of him for sure. Yeah. But when he did get a hold of him, Paul then lived the rest of his life sharing this gospel with religious people all over the known world at that point. I mean, these weren't people who were an atheist. These were literal people who believed in a many gods or B one God, Yahweh, but it wasn't complete.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You needed Jesus in the equation, obviously. And the these whole are spirit. yeah.
2: These are people who were pretty committed. because yeah. like in that time, it wasn't really a thing to not. Yeah,
1: be it's like it's like religious. seriously, like having a conversation with a Muslim in this room and saying, "Dude, what you believe is wrong." Let me tell you about the God you, you need to know. Yeah. Oh, you think Jesus was a prophet? Let me tell you why he wasn't a prophet and why he's the son of God. Mm-hmm. Not a prophet.
0: Not just one other person, too. There's also a Jew at the table, yeah. a Buddhist at the table, yeah. you know, yeah. everybody. You're a
1: person who believes that there's an energy, yeah. that there's some kind of higher power yeah. in the universe, or an they say universe. Too. Yeah, everybody. You know, like, oh, there's something in the trees. If I just go talk to this tree, mm-hmm. you know, there's something in salt. <laughs> yeah, you know, like really but like back then, it wasn't a thing to not have faith in something. Yeah, right. And so, like, and that's why we're gonna get to in a few weeks, which is my favorite story of Paul's, um, is Mars Hill. Like, we're gonna get in there in two weeks, not this coming Sunday. So, oh, I see you have a, <laughs> I, I, yeah, a t- you know, uh, it, a shrine or an altar to an unknown yeah, god. I see you have an altar to yeah. an unknown. Let god. me tell let me tell you about who that is. <laughs> you know, um, but anyways, I just. I, I so desperately, and I, and I preach this way on Sundays because I believe it that I don't believe I'm up there because I'm your leader. I believe I'm up there because Christ is our leader, and I'm asking the church to help me. Mm-hmm. So like when you sit when here like, oh, we just decided to sleep in today, then you're not actually helping me. You know, like we're not in this together. It's like a
2: team. It's a team effort. Yeah. And you're like, not showing that's up right. for you're practice. A, like
1: if you're on a baseball team, you're you're out there, your pitcher, let's just say your pitcher is giving everything they have. But your third baseman is just kind of like, oh, oh, there's a butterfly. And then a ball oh, that, hit was that was me. That was me. I would be on the I would be on the far field and <laughs> yeah, I'd be catching, right bugs. Yeah. <laughs> catching bugs. Yeah. Yeah, and then a ball's hit to you and it hurts them all of a sudden. Well, because you're not paying attention. I need you to be all in with me. You know, like we have a game.
2: Yeah, and then if you correct the third baseman, then they're Didn't like, "Dude, mad. what the heck, man?" Yeah,
1: you're just, you're wanting too much out of me. Oh, okay. Well, then go sit on the bench. Let me get somebody else. Like, I just—it's just one of those where again, I'm not thinking I'm better than people. I'm just asking you to help me, and I want you to ask me to help you. Like, that's—we're in this together. Yeah. And just so, like,
2: well, that's like the perspective of like I have Christians who call me almost like like they consider you like a super Christian and oh, it's like oh yeah, dude you, you just take this so serious yeah, and stuff it's like I, i've got no, that too it's like dude i just feel like i'm doing what everyone's supposed to do yeah. i don't feel like i'm doing anything special i'm just trying to do what i feel like everyone yeah. is supposed
1: to do and i sometimes and, i think this too and this is where i go this is kind of funny my mind goes into deep holes like this what and then like those if you call yourself a super christian and you sit there and you read the scripture and you're thinking I'm not even doing close to I mean, what the New I mean, Testament. Those ones are the super Christian. Yeah. yeah, you're, you're, you're like um, you're, if you're calling me super Christian what? and you're reading these stories in mm-hmm. the New Testament, like
0: I'm like third string. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm the third string QB. No, I'm the I'm the I'm the QB that just got signed off the practice squad <laughs> yesterday to come to the game. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, there's people killing it around the world even to this day. It is like, and if you think I'm super Christian, my heart's breaking for you because you're totally missing this. Um, again. It's not, Christianity isn't something I do. It's who I am. This is why I think when Jesus says that the road to eternal life is narrow and only a few find it, but broad is the road that leads to destruction and many walk it. Whew. It's because,
2: that's because it scares the, me, man. there's only one way and there's every other way for yeah. the for the broad way. Yeah. Like the broad road is every other way. Yeah. The narrow way. Yeah. It's Jesus and it's acknowledging him and following him. Yeah, that's right. Every other way is your broad path.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have hit the one hour. Man, this has
1: been fun. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. I think I think we've been a little passionate, but (laughs) I know I went off a little Hey, let me let me finish this. Like this is why I said that if God can save Saul, Mm -hmm. He can save anyone. Mm -hmm. It's not a there there isn't an excuse or there isn't a, oh, but that person. No, 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 no. If he can save Saul and it, and if he can save a thief on a cross and, and he can save a Peter who was working and going completely against his faith, you know, on a Sabbath and all kinds of stuff, he can save you. And he can save your friend. And he can save the neighbor you hate. And he can save the worker that you work with that's just driving you insane. Um, that's why we got to be people who live by the cross, that our priority is kingdom, not the here and now. And kingdom so, over culture. That's right. And I think that's a beautiful picture, which also gets me to the why this is why Jesus saved us for something and from something, right? He saved us from ourselves. He saved us from our sin, and he saved us for himself. And That was really good. Um, And I think we learn all of those things in the story of Saul. Um, And that's why Christianity, in my opinion, is the most beautiful, incredible, whatever you want to call it, religion, ideology, faith, orientation out there because it's the one thing in the world that no matter how bad you are, broken you are, Everyone can come to know Jesus because of what he's done for us Um, first. Mm -hmm. He made the move. We didn't. Um, And now he's drawing people to himself. And so that's what's so beautiful about Saul um, and the story of Saul. And I I, I hope people took the homework seriously or will take the homework seriously and contact the people in their life that has helped them come to know him and draw in him and uh, encourage them. I -hmm. really do. I really do. Um, because it does make a difference. So, mm-hmm. yep. Next week, though, we're getting into actually the word Christian, the reason why we're oh. Christians. So that's really kind of. It's Spanish, cool. right?
0: Is it Spanish? Yeah, we can go over there,
1: <laughs> right? Christians, and then we end, and then we do Mars Hill, and then we kind of get there's a call to action, and I'm super excited for the last Sunday. I want to give something to everybody. Uh, in the church, that hopefully they will kind of like catapult them to. All right, we're in this together. Let's do this. Nice. And then next week after that, we got a flop of a guy going <laughs> <up> there. <laughs> Let's go.
0: That's okay. Cool. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening and tuning in with us on this episode of Beyond the Row. Um, if you guys like this content, we have um, we have a whole first season. This is currently our second season that you're listening to. And so, um, you know, give us a like, give us a follow. Write to us, um, give us a comment, Uh, even if you disagree with something going on. If you had more questions about things going on, you can always reach out to us at Nick, Abe, or Nate at churchontheab.com, and we'd love to hear from you. We uh, definitely invite your questions, and um, yeah, just thank you for tuning in. Have a blessed week.